2: He joins us every single Thursday, and he joins us now. Drew, what's up, dude? What's up? How are you guys? Uh, doing good, man. You know, just Eager. trying to make uh, sense. Hear your take. Trying to make sense of uh, you know a, a pretty uh, a bummer of an evening uh, inside FedEx Forum. You're gonna you're gonna hear reactions. You're gonna hear over quote unquote overreactions. You're gonna hear people maybe underreacting. What's the right way to look at last night for the Memphis Grizzlies?
3: Yeah, that's such a tough question. I'm going to be honest. My head is kind of everywhere. <laughs> My oh. head's kind of been everywhere, just like everybody else. Um, because I was watching the game, and I was watching it unfold, and I was very concerned with a lot of what I saw. I just was thinking, this team's just not competitive enough on the boards, and like, Jaron has got to be a better rebounder than that and then he was in that game um, and they also had you know I mean you're trying to play a whole bunch of really young rookies and if none of them really show up for you this is kind of the game you're going to get you might be down 15 points a lot um, and so I wanted to be like yeah this team major problems and then you look at the box score and you're like, well, and you watch parts of the game, they did get a lot of open threes that they didn't make. Mm-hmm. And I know people get frustrated with the three-point shooting, but there are games, let's just remember, there are games where the Grizzlies make a lot of those threes and it's a blowout because they got a lot of open threes and made a lot of open threes. So, you know, maybe this game, we're looking at this game differently simply if the shooting is a little different. Um, than it was in that game. So I I really don't know what to make of it. I I get that they're going to do the whole, you know, it's one game, you can't win the championship in the first game of the season, as Marcus Smart said. But I'm not on panic level zero. I'm just not quite yet at, like, panic level five out of ten. You know what I mean? I'm not all the way there. But, like, I am looking at what happened last night saying, yeah, they're going to have to do something. Like, this is not, this isn't, they don't have enough. Like, they just don't have the firepower right now. And you're probably going to have to wait until game five to really figure that out. But as currently constructed, they are not well equipped to take on very physical big teams.
0: Well, how much differently are we looking at it, too, Drew, even with the poor shooting? And I'm right with you 100% on that point of that out. Like, they're going to, you know, what was it, 5 of 21 on open looks, that's that's going to get better. But how much differently are we talking about that game? If you get the Jaron Jackson offensively that you had at the end of last year that we're hoping comes into this season and starts the year on a tear, just everything that went into, and it's just first game, a lot of things different around him. So I'm not saying this is all on him. It's clearly on the staff. You've got to get him going. But if if he's giving you 16 to 20, It's a different game, probably, than the eight he's giving you. And so what did you see last night in terms of him offensively? Because what I said, Drew, it feels like the old Jaron that we saw where, you know, you shoot more threes than twos and everything else. How much of it was him? How much of it is the offense?
3: Um, I think it's a a combination of both. I would say a lot of it, I feel like, was the offense, though. Um, I don't understand why Jaron has every touch Jaron got in that game seem to be at the top of the key. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. He's got to touch the ball in other places. Um, I think that he's got to get some post uh, looks. He was very good in those scenarios last season, and it felt like every time he got the ball, it was at the top of the key. It was matched up against Larry Nance, Jonas, or Zion, who are all very big dudes, by the way, and he's trying to drive to the basket and create for himself, but He's almost better when he's leaning on somebody and he's spinning over one of his two shoulders, and I feel like that's where he, he can find a rhythm. Like once he sees the ball go down a few times, yep. uh, in, in that scenario, that's when the threes start to go, and that's when the drives are waiting on him to post up, and he goes right past them. Um, so I didn't like the looks that Jaron got in the game. If we're being honest, yep. um, I wish he would have touched the ball in the post more often. Uh, And you know, I I think that uh, Brevin Knight even uh, that was something that he had mentioned to me just in the casual conversation of the game. Like, man, it doesn't feel like you know Jaron's gotten very many post touches in this game. Yep. Um, And so you know, when Brevin's saying it, and he's obviously really really knowledgeable about the game, you know, I, I think it it's you believe it a little bit more. And so. I wish they would have used him a little bit differently. At the same time, like between Jaron and Luke, like the three point, you just went completely over on the three point shooting with mm-hmm. those two guys, and they're critical to keeping you in a game like that. Uh, and Dez felt like he was going all by himself up there. And I sure mean, did. Marcus played a decent game too, but. You know, when that three's not going in addition to he's not getting – Jaren's not getting the ball in the right spots, that's when you have a game where he finishes ineffective. And, I you know, the rebounding has to be better on Jaren's end, too. Yeah, Like, we can't just ignore it. It has to be better because they need him now. And Marcus Smart was – you know, he's one of the leaders on this team. And Desmond Bain, one of the leaders on this team, said Jaren has got to rebound for us. We know he has got to step in the shoes – of Steven Adams a little bit more. And it's not going to be easy, and there's going to be times that it's ugly, and we're going to tell them you can do it, keep going. Um, and I think that's that's what you're going to get here early in the season. But it felt like Jaron a lot of times, you know, was trying to finesse a rebound when the other team, Zion and, and Jonas, are just muscling him out of the way, uh, and he's got to battle a little bit harder. And I think Taylor Jenkins made a point to kind of say that after the game. He said in terms of the entire team, but, you know, while the scoring is great, like the rebounding, you could have been in that game if Jaron rebounded better than he did.
2: Yeah, we're talking to Drew Hill, covers the Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian. Uh, Interestingly enough, Nuggets come to town tomorrow night, so there is no respite, there is no reprieve. Uh, the Grizzlies open as a shorter underdog than I thought they would at two and a half. Now that's like just now. Uh, so that number could go up. Does that sort of come as a surprise that it's that short to you, Drew?
3: Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise uh, just because Denver has looked amazing in the preseason and obviously looked great in the first game. Um, that's a, I guess that's a little bit of a surprise, but I bet you the sharp bunny comes in on the Grizzlies in that scenario. Like, You know, if everyone's a little bit surprised at what this line is, you'd think that the public would would bet on the Nuggets for the most part. Um, But I I think the Grizzlies can stay in a game like that again, like if the three-point shooting is just a little bit better. But we also have a lot of health questions. Like, I I didn't realize that Luke Kennard got clocked that good uh, going for the rebounds there when he had the bloody nose. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought maybe it was just a nosebleed. And then I opened up the Daily Memphian's page this morning and saw like, dang, like he had like a what looked like to be bruises under his eyes from where he got, you know, hit oh, in the nose. That. Yeah. Um. And so like, what's his status going to be? What is the status of uh of Santi Aldama? Like, I, there's some real questions there that I'd want answered before I'd, you know, if if I were to bet on a game like this. Um. So I'd probably wait, but. Yeah, it's a little surprising that it's two and a half. How,
0: how much would having Santi back help things right now in your mind?
3: I think it, I, I'm not sure it helps things rebounding wise, mm-hmm. even though Santi is tall. But of all the players that are young players on the Grizzlies that are, you know, coming off the bench to try to give you a boost, David Roddy, Jake Laravia, yep. like I trust Santi Aldama the most. I just do at this point, I trust him the most. Out of all of these players, because I think offensively, he just has a little bit more juice than the other guys do. Um, He can score inside and he can score outside. The three-point shot, um, you know, he, he gets open looks because he has bigs defending him more often. So he's pulling guys out to the perimeter. He's getting more open looks as a result of that. I, I trust Saathvik more than a lot of those other guys to give you some sort of scoring boost off the bench, and that was really where it all went wrong yesterday. It all went wrong when they brought that second unit in and they took Desmond Bain out, and suddenly they just had absolutely no firepower.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of the that is that is you know we can talk about the shot falling here or there, but in the end, I mean, for these, I, I don't even know. Like maybe when Ja even gets back, like we talk about a big man in the move you have to make at that spot, but. Doesn't it sort of feel like, you know, your 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 cavalry here of, you know, Kennard and Roddy, et cetera, like even when Ja returns, like that's probably not gonna be enough. It just it just it, again, it's one game, but we do have a little bit more of a sample. I'll even throw Zaire in there, right? Like you it just starts to feel like you have a, a big pot of gumbo of nothing, you know? And so maybe it's uh it's not just a consolidation, um, you know, it's not just going for a big man, but it's a consolidation of all these sort of mid-pieces you have to try to get something good from somebody, right?
3: I mean, yeah, but I Or do better think than what only, you have, t- I it guess. It only takes one. Like, it only takes one of those players turning out to be worthwhile, right? It takes one. Um, so, for me, you know, I think while you're right, like, it's hard to have confidence. It is one game. And these guys are going to get a lot of opportunities as a result of this. And we'll see what happens from here. I mean, you can't expect that all of those guys are going to play bad every single game. Like, it just doesn't work that way. You know, we saw David Roddy have a great game last year and a win over the Mavs, um, which he had a great fourth quarter. Like, you need some of those flashes to inspire confidence here, I feel like. But – and yesterday was certainly not a shining example of those guys, but it only takes one to really make a big difference. And I think that this team that you mentioned, Jaw, like they really need Jaw back because they really need to be able to space the Jaw and Bane minutes because mm-hmm. they had no one to create offense when Bane was off the floor. And that's not, you know, a knock on Derrick Rose. I know he didn't play his best game, he felt like he had. A lot of good looks that he could have made that he missed, Um, but it just the engine of Desmond Bain changed the entire dynamic of the game. Every time he was on the court, you felt like the Grizzlies had a chance to come back, and then as soon as he checked out of the game, you look up and they were down fourteen again. Like they 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 desperately need Job because they have to be able to space those two guys out um, because they are just the engines of this entire offense.
0: Drew, how would you grade? Zebo and Tony Allen as guest p
3: uh,
0: oh, a uh announcers
3: a plus a plus those guys did an awesome job um, and it was actually a really, really cool moment it was it was additionally cool because the Memphis Symphony Orchestra was there uh, playing, and it sounded like they were playing some like hype music in the background but that was actually the symphony playing the music oh, wow. as Tony Allen and Zebo announced the players yeah that I, was live is there a good
0: recording of that anyway I need to go check that out Drew I was following you on Hi. Twitter there and I, I need to see that yeah I need to hear that um
3: I think the I had Valley sports account you. Gotcha. okay I think it is. Yeah. follow-up
0: question again I raised my hand up I was not able to uh, observe Derek Rose on the introduction from those two gentlemen was it Derrick Rose from Chicago, was it University of Memphis? Do we I know I know you tweeted they put him in the middle of the dance huddle? Did we did we say University of Memphis is Derek Rose? I know we had talked about that. What happened? I missed it.
3: So uh Derek wasn't a starter, so he didn't get announced by of course, okay. Tony. But but Marcus Tucker, the PA guy, announced him and it's funny enough, I I told Marcus before the game that he needed to say University of Memphis, and he did, and I also said we need the the elitist of elite introductions for Derek Rose because you know this is going to be a great moment i said i need your a plus game here and uh, marcus was like all right i got you and so then you know he he did the from the university of memphis, memphis. you know oh, whatever uh, and that's derek rose i believe he said the university of memphis i'd have to go back and double check but i think he did mm-hmm. uh, and then he turned around he said was that good enough for you i said yeah that was excellent great job uh, and that was an awesome moment, everybody standing, everybody giving him the standing ovation. Um, really, really cool. And then, you know, Derek, after the game, I respect the heck out of this. Derek basically said at first, yeah, it's it's cool, but we lost, so I just can't be fake about this. Like, I can't I'm, – I'm mad that we lost. I wanted to win. I'm out here playing in a game again, and I haven't played, you know, on an NBA court in a long time, and it sucks that we lost. And so, I I can respect that. Like the guy's a competitor; he still wants to win. You know, 35 years old, and while he thought the the ovation was great, and he didn't want to come across as like crass or whatever, like he, I think he was honest and said, "Yeah, that sucks. I mean, we lost. The ovation doesn't mean nearly as much to me because we lost."
0: My man said, "Uh, "I don't want to be spurious with it." I saw that, Drew.
3: Unbelievable.
0: Spurious. I don't, I, when I saw the y'all's tweet, when I, I think it was Giannano, I saw first that Derrick
2: Rose said, I don't want to be spurious. Dude, I, uh, okay. I had to go look up spurious. Okay, well, I, mean, I did not, I mean, not I, know what I spurious, mean this meant. respectfully. This is like, that's like when the dude goes to jail for Man, like 20 stop, years and he bro. comes. You He's know been it using, is. He plays chess. You know I know, but I'm saying that's what spurious. it feels like. It feels like stop. you ain't had nothing to do but read the last 20 years and now you're coming out dropping big vocabulary words like this, bro. No, you
3: know what? It's very
0: impressive, is what it was.
3: Yeah, yeah. First of all, John, you're Spurious. wrong. And and second of all A-tool-oo. this this is who Derek Rose is. He is. Now. Like, I know, you, I know, you, I know, I know. And, and i I actually I I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and tease it. I don't know when it's gonna come out, but I have a piece about Derek Rose that I am currently working on and in one of his current interests and it's not chess. And you like it's amazing how Thank invested you, he is. No, that's me. why you're the best. And, and to, and no is, doubt. It is Culturally intelligent things.
0: Open like up this man's things eyes. Things
3: that you would think of that, that people that are uh, complex enjoy. Like, you know, like reading and like those types of things. Derek Rose enjoys that stuff, right? So, uh, you know, that is just who Derek Rose is at this yeah. point.
2: It's true. Yeah, I mean like you guys like uh John
0: needs to be the first one to read that story, Drew.
2: No, I I certainly uh I, I certainly do uh I do appreciate <laughs> Thank you, that Drew. he's now become, you know, the uh you know old English. You know, he's like, Well, I've got a little bit of a humdro dirgeon. I'm feeling a little under the weather. Welcome, welcome greetings, my friends. You know, like I, I do respect, mm. you know, uh <laughs> I do I do. I toodles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you hating right now. No,
2: I'm not. There you are. But y'all know I'm deep down. Y'all know I'm right. No. Y'all know I'm right. I just don't want to say it because it's not politically correct. You know, And, and I get it. Y'all don't University get,
0: of Memphis educated.
2: Yeah, you don't want to get, well. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, I mean kind of. We you did know. it. Uh, well, gentlemen, I'm Bedwood. See you guys in the fall morn. So so uh Drew while John gets off his jokes nothing
0: in terms of first 25 games your prediction would not change based on what you saw last I'm I'm guessing here but based on what you said last night you wouldn't adjust the prediction at all
3: Uh well I mean I would definitely need to adjust the prediction based on the fact that Steve Adams and something Adamo were out Yeah um but, but in terms of the way that this is going to go like, I mean look let's be honest guys Friday that's a tough ask like, that's just a really tough ask oh, yeah. to try to beat the, the rating champs at home. But, like, you got to win the games against bad teams still, and I do think that the Grizzlies are a good enough team to beat bad teams still. So, like, when you go to Portland and you go to Utah and you go to D.C., you of their games are against them, you need to get three of them, right? Like, you just have to get three of them at the very least and you have to be competitive against some of these middle tier teams. I mean, yep. look, like New Orleans is not a bad team. They did turn the ball over 21 times last night. That's what so they I don't do. Think New Orleans played their best game, but you know, they they New Orleans played well enough to win that game. If you shoot close to 50% from the three point line, you got a chance to be in virtually every NBA game. Um so they played well enough to win. And you can do you can do a bit of a hat tip if you're the Grizzlies and say, all right, yeah, like you played well, uh, you deserved this one. But the Grizzlies have to find a way to win some of these games. Like they have to win oh, yeah. some of these games against these middle tier opponents, the Mavs, you know, the Pelicans, the Kings. Like those are the games you have to be competitive in. You have to take at least a, a few of them uh, before Jock ja comes back.
2: Uh, are you an MVP voter?
3: Uh, I don't know. They they mix it up like every year. I have voted in the MVP, before, uh, gotcha. MVP poll before, but I don't think they've informed really anybody of who's going to be voting this year yet.
2: Would you like to be an MVP voter again?
3: Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I, I, I enjoyed doing it the one time that I did, and you do feel like you have some, like, power, but also it's, like, this responsibility to know that you need to watch every game you pretty much can if you want to be as informed as possible. Um, And that's a homework assignment that isn't always the most enjoyable thing. I mean, I do like watching sports, but so I don't know. It it is a lot. It's a lot of work. Like, if you're not spending time putting effort into it, then – you know, you you don't deserve to be voting, in my opinion. So I took it very seriously the year that I was awarded a vote. And, you know, it is true, like, and I'm sure, like, DeMichael felt this way last year. So so two years ago, I voted. Last year, DeMichael voted. And uh, when I voted, I voted Jaron Jackson as Defensive Player of the Year. That was not the year that he won. That was the year Marcus Smart won. And then... Last year, obviously, Jaron won and DeMichael voted for Jaron, but, like, there's a little pressure because your vote is public that if you don't vote for the guy here, like, you know, Jaron's going to see that. Like, if you don't vote Ja as All-NBA, Ja's going to see that. Like, I don't know if it's the best system because of the way that this operates, but... Anyway, I went off on a tangent. You asked me a simple question, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I'd have to
2: think about it. Well, so let me ask you this: If you were voting, right? It just I, I, I and I'm sort of trying to get into the human element of things here. I'm trying to get into the human condition. As you know, I have I have Tatum ten to one. Um, is there is there a fatigue? Is that real? Is that fi- if you know made up? Like if if let's just say let's just say this happens. Okay, I'm just going to take you through a scenario, right? Let's say that a guy that's never won the MVP award. Is averaging 33 a game and his team is number one in his respective conference. Uh, And he's an all star and he's all NBA and he's all these things. And let's say that Joker, who has won the MVP twice before, is doing the same exact thing. Is your inclination as a voter to give it to the new guy or is it to give it back to a guy that's already won it twice? Like I'm just the human element in you. I'm trying to figure out how live I am here. I think
3: you're the human element is to give it to the new guy. I would agree, but if this is if we're just having a real like a a real conversation of Tatum versus Jokic if it did come down to that, I think the fact that Jokic did not win last year sets him up pretty well for voters to say okay, well, he could have won last year and he didn't win, so we have to vote for the deserving
2: guy. It's like the, is it like the LeBron thing? Like there were a lot of years where LeBron probably should have won it and people just got tired of giving it to LeBron, and then there was like a year off where they gave it to, you know, maybe a year or two off, they gave it to Steph and they gave it back to LeBron. Like one of those kind of things?
3: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what the point that we're at with Jokic now. It's like, what do you do here? The guy won two in a row. You don't want to give them three in a row because if you give them three in a, row, in a three in a row, then you're setting up this precedent where you're basically saying that basketball analytics, because analytically Jokic is almost always the best player in every single category, you're saying that that determines the award, and he's just it doesn't feel like that drop off is ever going to come. So you're never going to have another reason to give somebody else the MVP if you give it to him three years in a row. That's how I feel like you know. That's how I think it went last season. So now this season, what do you do about that? Like, do you give it right back to Jokic? He did win the championship, right. and he is going to be one of the best players in the league all season long. So it's a tough debate. It's hard to figure out.
2: No doubt. Hey, Drew, appreciate the time as Thank always, you, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you. He is yep. Drew Hill. Covers the Grizz for the Daily Memphian. Joins us every single Thursday. Appreciate his time. We'll come back with the rundown. Jeff Calkins at 125. Stick around. Jason and John on of FM, Yes.
1: Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at 250 dollars Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject